0: If you can put more effort into that, you'll get more conversions. This is Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, episode 11. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite.
1: And here we are, another episode. We are, we're making progress. Oh, huh. see, see what I did, did there? That
2: was very rubbish. Oh, well,
1: explain. we'll explain.
2: Let's explain. So one of the things we're all obsessed with, obviously, is how many people actually complete our opt-in forms or finish our surveys or complete our quizzes in a really good way. Of doing that, a really little sort of ninja thing to add to your surveys and stuff, is to add a little progress bar along the top of your survey, so people know how far through they are in terms of. You don't know if this is question one of 400 pages of questions, or if it's just going to be one page. So that's why this week we're very excited that in the response suite in the response Sweetland. We launched the progress bar feature inside of you.
1: Yeah, it's cool? really nice for people to be able to see where they've been, where they're headed and very much where they are in the journey. Cause it, and it really does push completion rates up because they're able to see, oh, actually, I'm nearly there. It, you know, uh, you might have four pages in your survey and somebody gets to the end of page three of questions and they're just about to drop off for whatever reason. And then suddenly, actually, I'm nearly there. That sort of extra thing really ties them over. So that's very exciting.
2: It's very, very cool. And of course, because it's built for marketing, we've made it so that they don't start off at 0%. So they feel encouraged. To complete the survey, which is very exciting. Talking of feeling coverage, we spoke to two very encourageable young chaps this week.
1: We did. We've got competition.
2: <laughs> so this should be called four marketers walk into a podcast this episode because we were joined by Andrew and Pete, who are from here in the UK, and they're very, they're very good. They're very big and up and coming right now, and I would even say they're big and up and coming. They've been speaking at social. Media marketing world, or something content, you
1: realize we've got media, to make it social we, We've got to make world. it so it's first name Andrew and surname and Pete, and then it works. Then it's three marketers, first name Andrew, surname and Pete. No, it doesn't what? work, it doesn't matter. I was trying to make it three marketers walk into a podcast, by but making it's still going to be person.
2: Rob, Kennedy, Andrew, and Pete. <laughs> so
1: that's, that's still four people. It was worth a go.
2: It was terrible.
1: <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> but they are doing very well, they are all over the place, they are on podcasts. They are on social
2: media. Like extra, who great marketing world, weren't they?
1: <laughs> some event,
2: yeah. They, they've been at events all over the world. They're having a great time, and they share some really good practical strategies about how to use social in a really practical way. Because there's so much noise on all the social medias and on blogs and podcasts and things like that, as everybody's doing them. And the big question is, how do you make your st- make sure your stuff sort of stands out? And we've taken a lot of notes from this, and we're Sort of trying to be even better. Speaking of notes, uh, you don't need to take any for this episode because we've had Grace in the office do all the hard work for you. So if you go over and head to blog.responsesuite.011, did I get it right? You did. Get in. So zero We'll have all the show notes for you there right now for you to go and check out. Of course, if you haven't already, if you are that guy or gal who hasn't already left us a fabulous review on the podcast player that you're currently listening to this on, and please do that now. So, Rob, you want to bring them in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's dive in and find out what Andrew and Pete had to say.
2: All right, Andrew and Pete, how are you?
1: Whoop whoo-hoo. We are feeling good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Break so in the so supporters. Supporters.
2: <laughs> I think we are. First, yeah. So we've got we've got four marketers. This one, oh, we're we're
3: breaking the rules here, but that's
2: very us. In this cupboard now, (laughs) (laughs) so you're known for your amazing presence on the social medias and doing content in a way that sort of breaks through a lot of the sort of normal, traditional spammy stuff. So, first of all, let's get the big picture on it. How do you actually go about deciding which content channels that you should be using in a business? And actually, let's let's, let's get really simple. How many content channels should a business be using?
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good question to start with, actually. And the problem that a lot of people face is that they're often doing too much and they're always overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I've got this podcast and I need to uh, repurpose it on like 20 different platforms and I need to post natively on these platforms. And oh my God, LinkedIn's now got video. I need to do video on LinkedIn. Instagram <laughs> and TV, don't forget about Instagram that. Instagram TV's just come out. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. All right, so everyone's like completely overwhelmed. But what's happening is people are also getting better and the world is also getting noisier when it comes to content and social media, right? So what we're seeing is if you want to win in this game, you need to go really hard on one platform right? One platform, have one dominant platform. And if you want to have other supporting platforms or taking over platforms, that's fine. But to be honest, like, don't worry about them. If you can put all your effort into that one dominant platform, you're going to grow it so much quicker. And by doing that, then you can also then cross promote your other channels. Once you get to a stage where you have more resources, you have more time, you've outsourced some of your processes. And that way, all of a sudden, I would much rather have like 10,000 Instagram followers than 100 to 1,000 followers on 10 different platforms, right? Right. Because then if you then open up like your Facebook page and you say, or your YouTube channel and say, oh, I'm going to do YouTube really well now. If you've got those 10,000 Instagram followers, you can cross promote your YouTube channel and get way more people on your YouTube channel all of a sudden, right? Rather than just having you know, a mediocre amount on both or three platforms or four or five? So the answer really is choose one dominant platform. And that in itself is another question. I'll let Andrew take that one. So to decide on what platform that you're actually going to be on, yeah, what do you and Andrew?
3: That's kind of difficult. And I, I guess there's not kind of one answer to that. It kind of takes into account lots of kind of different factors. We would always say, well, what, what do you enjoy? What, what are you best at? how do you how are you best at creating content, but a lot of people stop there rather than thinking, "Well, okay, I'm good at this, but is everyone doing that already? How does my audience actually want to take their content and should we be paying attention to some of that when we're deciding and also, if you have like this is harder to do if you're just starting, I guess, but if you've been on some of these already, look at the analytics, look what what's actually. Not just kind of numbers-wise, but what's actually converting into sales?
0: Yeah, so if you go into Google Analytics, you can actually cross-reference which sources of traffic are coming in to your website and getting the most conversions, i.e. landing on like the thank you pages of your website. Mm-hmm. If you've got like, a lead magnet or a sales page. Even um, if it's just
3: like a contact form, even if your yeah. contact form um, rediverts to like, a thank you page, you can actually track that. Okay, which where is the traffic coming from that's actually getting people to fill in that contact form? If you are a service-based business.
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of what people will find out is, oh, I get the most traffic from like Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But actually the traffic that converts the best is probably from like LinkedIn or YouTube or something like that. Like it's a different one than you thought. Mm-hmm. So if you can put more effort into that, you'll get more conversions. Boom. <laughs> So one of the things that
2: sort of makes me think about, let's say you're launching, you've chosen, I don't know, you've chosen a podcast as your your main sort of... Uh, content channel okay let's say <laughs> we podcast because they're very popular right now lots of people are starting them and all that sort of good stuff and here we are on one but mm-hmm. then if you look at a lot of the methods for marketing a podcast they will include well share it on your twitter share it on your instagram yeah. and suddenly you end up going hang on i need all of these things as well so how do you actually do that
3: yeah so this is what we were saying like the dominant platform would be kind of the podcast the supporting platforms would be the social networks. So our uh, dominant platform could be a social network as well. And we would use these to kind of to promote the content. And there's maybe some little things we do to kind of keep them ticking over, but we're not completely pulled in every direction from that. So say if, if Instagram's uh, Instagram for us is, is a ticking over platform. It's not kind of our main thing that we are using to promote our content. So when, instagram tv launched we're not all of a sudden right we need to be on instagram tv because we know it's not our focus
0: yeah exactly yeah at least well yeah so i think as well it's worth thinking about a podcast similar to like your blog it's a place to publish your content Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways it's not that social Mm -hmm. as a as a a platform um so if you're producing content on say uh, a podcast uh, platform or youtube or just your blog I wouldn't necessarily count them as the social media in the sense of what you would more Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn.
2: So I think we're going to kind of have that separation between like yeah. a content platform, which might be seen as your blog. It might be the yeah. podcast or it might be the YouTube channel. they your sort of main where your, your big meaty pieces of content are going to be. Exactly, and then you've got your yeah. social channels, which are driving towards those things. Is that sort of yeah, almost, it, like, it, almost like almost yeah. like traffic sources?
3: Yeah, it's interesting because that's how it used to be. But now more and more, like the lines are definitely blurring. Mm. Like if you take Facebook, for us, we're using that to drive traffic to our YouTube
0: channel where some people are using it as the place to kind of host their content. Yeah, And, and to be honest, if you're doing that, if you're creating content for Facebook natively, like original content just for Facebook, not just a repurposed version of your blog, that actually works incredibly well to grow your own page. Yeah,
3: but this is where it comes back to the overwhelm, right? Because there are so many options. So this is yeah. why we're saying, even though there are, there are a lot of options, let's stick on one. Let's kind of nail mm-hmm. that. Let's test that for like six months, 12 months. Let's push all of our effort into one to grow it. Yes,
0: yes.
1: That's awesome. Uh, but here's the interesting thing. Like, I think content marketing, when it first came out, people thought, oh, what's this woolly thing that everyone's talking about? I just want to sell me stuff. So how is it that you think that content marketing directly affects a business's growth? Where does it fit into the process of getting sales?
3: Yeah, we love this question. And I think this comes to what people need to get the head around, what content marketing allows us to do, which kind of traditional marketing maybe couldn't do it or definitely couldn't do it as well, is that Content marketing allows us to grow audiences, like audiences of potential future customers. Because if you think about it, if you go up to 100 people in the street and say, hey, do you want my stuff? Most of them, we're talking like maybe 97, percent of them yeah. are probably going to say, no, I don't need it right now. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be a customer in the future, But if you're just saying, hey, buy my stuff, then they're going to turn off. Well, what contact marketing allows us to do is kind of build what we call our brand equity over time. So we can build up trust and we can build up relationships with people over a longer period of time. So when they are ready to buy, it's not a case of who do I pick? It's a case of, God, Andrew and Pete have built up this relationship with me. They've provided me so much value I'm now in the needs of marketing services. I now really want to join a marketing membership site. I'm not thinking who else should I join? Andrew and Pete suddenly become the obvious choice. That's the, definitely the benefits that, that we've seen. And sometimes that process can be really quick. Like someone can come across us. They can binge watch all of our YouTube videos for like a day and book us out for like a full day marketing session. Where some people, we can track it. They've been on our email list now for years and all of a sudden they're ready to buy and they pick us. Where if we weren't kind of harvesting those relationships with content marketing,
0: then they would have forgot about us years ago. So what we say is that it has short-term benefits um, and but it is a long-term strategy. Yeah. So the longer you do it, it, the more of a compounding effect it has. Yeah. It kind mm-hmm. of frustrates
3: us a little bit though when content marketers say it's a long-term strategy because I think a lot of people are using that as an excuse for it shouldn't be working for me yet. Right. Right. They'll they'll <laughs> think, right, okay, I've only been doing this six months. People say it needs 18 months or two yeah. years before it kind of sees any results, which in a in some ways it it's very true. And the more you kind of build up that archive of content, the more you're going to get from it. But as soon as we started doing content marketing, the right way that was very much on brand and that started kind of making a noise as you kind of talked about at the start of this we started seeing like immediate benefits like we immediately started getting on people's radar and the people who were ready to
0: buy at that moment came to us exactly so it's not like on this like this is a perfect example right we're not saying to everyone listening like go join our membership site we've mentioned our youtube channel Mm-hmm. Like we, yeah, we hope that people listening to this will enjoy our advice and will want more. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everyone listening will go and check us out and maybe watch some of our YouTube videos. You might subscribe to that or subscribe to our email list, and over time, we'll give them more and more and more helpful stuff. So, and that's the process of how it works. Yeah, and it can be incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I think, to some degree, it's the best and only for some businesses to grow. But um, it is also getting a lot harder. As well i mean it seems that you know everybody's talking
2: about you've got to have a blog you should be doing content marketing you should be uh-huh. doing a podcast have a youtube channel there's about a billion books been released by like joe paluzzi uh-huh. and all, all all those people are sort of really pushing this content thing is that still relevant is the wave over is anybody who's thinking about doing the content marketing who's maybe been sitting on the fence of skepticism oh, have they missed the boat should they be doing it uh-huh. <laughs> oh,
0: no i think um Definitely not. So, it's content marketing is the way forward, most definitely. I think um, the, the most important thing here is uh, the, the hype isn't there, or it's not it's not novel anymore. So everyone's doing it, right? So no, it's not like people are saying you should do it. That that wave's like over. It's more like how to do it better now. That's Absolutely. what everyone's focusing like on: how to do it better, and and that's really really important because. To be honest, like, the amount the content is going up is, like, insane, right? As humans, we don't have time to consume enough of this content, right? Our our time is only finite. So there comes this point where we just can't consume as much of the content that we want. Like, I can't even watch all of the Netflix shows that I want to watch, never mind, like, people's actual useful content, right? (laughs) So it's this... say Netflix isn't useful. (laughs) i <laughs> Oh, it's good content. It's
1: entertaining. <laughs> I think one of the questions here really is how do we make our content stand out? You know, like you might be thinking, well, I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't, I don't have the next revolutionary idea to share with people. I just have some stuff I've been doing. It sort of worked for me. It might not be groundbreaking stuff, but mm. it, it's just good content that falls in line with what people want. But how do you make it so they actually want to consume it? How do you stand out over the noise of well, a Netflix <laughs> and b everyone <laughs> else who's trying to say the same thing that you are? Yeah, I mean, for example, right? Everybody and their uncle has now released
2: an ebook or a course on how to run really good facebook ads yes. so, you know i mean if i see another one of those i don't know what i'll do i'll choke i think because so that marketplace are so overcrowded and there's yeah. a lot of sort of marketing spaces overcrowded how on earth do you stand out
0: there? there's yes. two ways basically to stand out right so you can be better or you can be different Exactly, so we talk about how to stand out and create more engaging content over on our YouTube channel like we'd love you to go check that out and there's loads and loads of videos about this kind of thing, and what it really boils down to is being better or different so if you if you imagine you walk into a toilet right now. At some point in your life, Rob, you will have been to the best toilet you've ever been to in your life. Actually, yes, yeah. that is true. <laughs> right? True. The point is, did you go out and go, oh my God, that was amazing. I made a bloody video about it. Did you, right, exactly. Right? Did you post about it on Facebook? Did you go tell all your friends? Probably not. But if someone asked, hey, Was that toilet any good? You'd probably say, you know what? It was actually really good. (laughs) It was really clean. I loved it and it smelled great. But we didn't go out and shout out about it, right? But if you had different, right? Imagine you walked into the urinals, right? And above the urinal, there was a a life-size picture of a woman looking down, looking really impressed, right? (laughs) That would be really, really funny that would be completely different to any other toilet you've been in. We usually do this
3: story where we've got some kind of visual prompt, yeah. so you're gonna to have to use your imagination for this one. No, we are.
0: We're using- <laughs> <laughs> what kind of visual prompts do you think? Um, but <laughs> so you would you'd probably come out of that toilet and go, "Oh my god, have you seen the toilets? They're hilarious! Look, I've even taken a picture. There was no one in the toilet, so I took a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful with that one. And um, so. Here's the thing, right? If you want to stand out with your content, you can be better or different. If you are better, people will recommend you. If you're asked, you'll probably appear in some great lists of best podcasts or best blogs, but no one's going to be tweeting out about how amazing it is every day, right? No one's going to be retweeting every single thing that you do. And you know what? It's actually really hard to be better because if, let's say, you're a podcast or a blog or a a YouTuber, right? Right. How many people are already five years ahead of you or 10 years ahead of you? They've got a bigger audience. They've got better equipment. They've got better guests. They've got more comments than you. They've got more domain authority than you. How the hell can you beat them? That's really, really hard. So actually where most people can stand out is by being better. So what's that unique little twist? By being different. Sorry, yeah, by being different. (laughs) So how can you use your creativity to come up with something that is a little bit different?
3: Yeah. And what we would say is stop following the leaders of your industry. So this kind of frustrates us when people are just constantly looking at people that have done it before them for their inspiration. Because if you're constantly following the leaders of your industry, you're always going to be that one step behind. There's always going to be people that have I've been doing this longer and I've got better at it. So one of our favorite things to do is start looking at people who are nailing it in that content medium, right? So if you want to do a podcast, don't just look at other and you're in marketing, let's say. Don't just look at other marketing podcasts. If you are in the fitness industry and you want to start a video channel, don't just look at other video people in the fitness industry. Look outside of your industry. And that's where we often draw a lot of inspiration for our our own content. So it just doesn't look and smell and talk the same as everyone else marketing-wise.
0: Exactly. And if you can kind of come up with what we call your three second story or how, what we named that as your content stamp. It's like, what, what's that mark, that stamp that you put on the content that's different? If you can summarize that in three seconds, you're onto a winner. So for example, our YouTube channel is called Marketing Unboringed, right? That's a word. Um, <laughs> our podcast is like a game show. Um, like we, we know uh, Facebook marketers that do Facebook ads, but their twist was that they dressed as an old grumpy uh, grandma <laughs> and he wore a wig and everything and fake bibs and they talked about <laughs> facebook and facebook ads as a grandma really gradually. that was hilarious um there's people that do all kinds of things like yeah. uh, I'm entrepreneur on, the- on fire it's a daily podcast like all these things are like that three second story i've just i've just told you about five different things in like 20 seconds yeah
3: and it's not necessarily about being daft or funny. A lot of people often challenge us with that, like, "I can't be funny or I can't be um, stupid like you," which is really polite of you to say to us. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but we're not saying that. We're just saying you need to be unique in some way. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to personality as well. So don't be boring. yeah. It doesn't just because you're in the B2B space or or you're in a kind of serious industry. It doesn't have to be kind of dry. Like people should actually enjoy learning from your content.
2: Really interesting. It's what, what you, I want to just go back to what you said about you can either basically follow the leader in your industry or you can be the leader so you're either a follower or a leader why would you want to be a follower that's really really interesting so let's say we found our unique angle we've made it unboring we've made it interesting or certainly we've made it different um, rather than better let's say for example yeah. Yeah. we've created our blog for example how do we go about getting that thing seen because it's okay popping it up there but if no one sees it I mean I know it's a big subject but what, what's the real keys about getting that content
3: seen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've, that's, a, that's a great point. A lot of people think when they hit that publish button, that's kind of the end game. And it's not. Like the promotion of your content over time is so, so, so important. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of like three kind of main strategies that you could kind of bundle them up into. So you've got search, you've got social, and you've got email marketing. And like picking one or two or a mixture of them all just to make sure people are actually seeing your content is really, really important. So just yeah. let's just take our, our YouTube channel as a great example of this. So once we kind of press publish on our YouTube channel, well, actually, before we press publish on our YouTube channel, we're already thinking about search. So we've already done the keyword research and we're making sure what we are creating content on, people are actually searching for it on YouTube. That's one kind of strategy that we're taking off. Next is email strategy. So every time we publish a new piece of content, it gets emailed to our email database. People often miss that. People will send emails once a quarter and it'll just be a big, like long list of everything that's going on in that company. And it looks like marketing. It smells like marketing. It is marketing. People don't like that. So we keep our emails about what the video is about, mm. send them a link to that video. That's it, it takes us like 15 minutes, max to kind of write that email every single week to people I've opted in for. It. And then secondly, kind of social. So we are publishing it on, we have a lot of time to do this. And we've kind of built this over time. So this might seem like a lot. We're not saying you have to start with everything. But just mm-hmm. as an example of what we're doing, we are using tools to promote on our various different social networks. And we tend to create native content for this specific, A Facebook Bot. So people have subscribed to our Facebook Messenger bot, which is really really cool. That's only mm-hmm. been we've only been doing that for the past six months, six to, a months to a year. We're using a tool called ManyChat to do that. Yeah. So we're sending traffic that way. And for our YouTube channel specifically, like the first twenty-four to forty-eight hours is really key to yeah, make sure really that video does well. So we're putting a lot of effort. And probably like a nice gauge of are you promoting it enough is probably if you feel like you're promoting it too much. Once you feel like, God, I've talked about this piece of content way too much, that's when you've probably talked about it enough. Because <laughs> people don't do enough of this. <laughs> yeah.
1: So so with search and social and email marketing out of the way, what's your thoughts on kind of using paid traffic methods versus the organic stuff uh, in order to get people to your content? Is organic stuff uh, still, uh, you mentioned three channels there. Is it as powerful as using paid? Do you use any paid at all?
0: Yeah, okay. So we call paid like a promotion power-up, right? So what we don't like to do is just stick something out there and put some money behind it and hope it does well and hope we get good click-through rates and so forth, right? So organic is most certainly not dead. In fact, today we posted a whole video on our YouTube channel about 12 awesome ideas, uh, post ideas to get amazing, insanely good reach on Facebook, right? A lot of people are complaining that reach is dying and it's dead. Um, you know what? I'm sorry to say it's probably because your, your content is boring um, and not because Facebook is bad, right? So go check that video out. But once something does do well or we want something to do really well and we've put a lot of effort into it, then we'll pay for it, okay, to, to promote it further. And that's really crucial because there's literally no point in boosting something or putting some ad budget behind content that isn't performing well in the first place. Mm-hmm. So take what's working and pay to that up or do more of that and yeah. pay to do that. Okay, pay pay to boost those things. Yeah. People are talking about
3: like organic being dead. A lot of them are focusing on Facebook as well. Where there's so many other content platforms. So for example, YouTube, we're pretty much like 99% organic traffic on mm-hmm. our videos. Um, ranking Google, again, it, it's organic. You don't need to pay if you... Can do a little bit of, if you just work out what the platforms want, and there's a lot, a lot of information on there, and just do certain things in your content to make sure it's ranking organically.
0: Yeah. But I mean, if you do have like a funnel that is converting really well, or a landing page that is doing really well, or you mention a lead magnet um, that gets a load of people clicking through and, and really enjoying it, promote that. Definitely use all the ads you want to promote that. If yeah. it gives you a return, keep going. Um, <laughs> And, and another thing that we haven't really mentioned here, but I do think it's the quickest, fastest, cheapest, most targeted way to grow is with collaborations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you can collaborate with someone that is a peer or who is further ahead of you, who has a bigger audience than you, and if you collaborate with them on some kind of content or you guest post for them or they, they promote some of your content, that is a game changer. That that's that's game, literally yeah. like
3: how we grew a, good, a few years ago. We just tried to do as many collaborations as possible
0: mm-hmm. with people. Because if you think about it, you choose the person who has the right target audience. Mm-hmm. So you're getting in front of like your your perfect target audience. You are, it's free unless, you know, you want to pay an influencer. But time, if, you, if the ask is good, you can do that for free. Instantly, you're in front of their people and they'll come and check you out. That's like the quickest way to grow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So there seems to be lots to be doing. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's collaborations to arrange,
2: there's videos to be created, uh-huh. there's blog posts to be written, there's tweeters and Facebookers and there's Instagramming to be done. So <laughs> obviously all of this can take over your entire life and you would basically <laughs> never go to sleep. How do you actually structure your time for content marketing so it literally doesn't take over your life? For example, you can easily spend all day on LinkedIn every day and then you should be spending all your time on Twitter, etc how do you like structure it so that it's effective for actually building your business
3: yeah i absolutely love this because it's probably the biggest issue people have with marketing is like the time management behind it all and we've always said for like as creative we are, we're, we're just as organized and we just make sure everything gets done. Mm. And there's kind of three things that you need to have in place. And most people only have one of these three things in place, which is why you kind of all fall start on. So everyone starts Get with- Get right in
0: some notes. Yeah. yeah, everyone
3: starts with the publishing schedule, right? I'm going to create this amount of blog posts. I'm going to create this amount of social media posts, or I'm going to go and reply to this amount of people. That's a, that's a publishing schedule. That's kind of like the end result of this. You then need two things from your publishing schedule to make sure this all gets done. The first is a task list. So we look at exactly everything that we need to get published and we break it down to the like nth degree of tasks. Like, So for example, when I, like publishing a YouTube video might be like scripting the video, shooting the video, editing the video, creating the thumbnail, uploading to Rev for subtitles, all these kind of mini tasks, even if they just take like a minute we have them wrote down. We're just using spreadsheets for this. We have every single thing wrote down and we have total total amount of time it's going to take to actually achieve our production schedule, our publishing schedule. Spoiler alert, I just slipped in the third thing there. (laughs) And the third thing you need is a production schedule, right? So you take all of those tasks and you put them in your calendar or your diary at a consistent time every single week or every single month or however you want to kind of manage this. So, for us, it's easier for us to just spend to like batch our time. So, for us, our task list is broken down, and every single Tuesday, we do those tasks up till 3 p.m. So, that's why we couldn't do this podcast interview till after 3 p.m. Because all day that's today, fun. we have been doing our task list that's going to get us our, going to let us achieve our publishing schedule and with that task list as well what you might want to do is you might want to break it up into um, necessities and desirables so we have our necessary tasks that have to get done every single week but then we also have some like desirable ones that's like well if we can if we've got time to do it we'll do it but like every single week we are publishing the youtube video and we are emailing out to our list and we are doing some like minimal social media promotion on yeah. that so there's the kind of three things i mean, it is a little bit habit forming but if you don't have your publishing schedule your task list and your production schedule at some point something is going to come in and it's going to kind of detract you yeah, from getting you, it done you're
0: going to fail you're going to break it down because <laughs> if someone goes hey i'd like to book out a session with you uh but i can only do tuesday and it's like okay and you do Tuesday, and then all of a sudden, you haven't done your content task lists that week. And where else are you going to fit them in? Well, you haven't scheduled in time for that. Yeah. So you're going to have to be doing them late at night. But hey, you can't be bothered. You've worked hard. You deserve a break. And all of a sudden, it doesn't get done. And you know what? Because you missed that one week, it's okay to maybe miss another week. Yeah. And then, oh my God, the pressure's mountain. And yeah. it builds up and it builds
3: up. We were at a talk by Richard Tug recently and he had a, a slide in his talk and it said discipline equals freedom. Yeah, and it just like that. completely made sense to me. Like that's what we have been doing. But when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's so true, right? Because yeah, we are creating so much content and we are publishing without fail every single week. But because we're so disciplined, it's not, it doesn't like take over our, our lives where we see yeah. it taking over other people's lives you aren't creating as much as us. I and mean, it's just because yeah. we are so scheduled and regimented with it.
0: Yeah. So, for example, because we know that we've got it all done and it's in order, we can book out time so that Andrew can go off to London to see Taylor Swift for the weekend on a Friday. You know what I mean? So, um, you can <laughs> you know, so can you give
2: us a heads up of, I mean, There's one of the things that a lot of people talk about is there are certain tools, gadgets, and gizmos, maybe applications that you use within your content marketing. Uh What are some of your big tools that you're constantly using?
3: Okay, so we actually have a YouTube video on this that we published a couple of weeks ago called (laughs) Blogging Tools, which we list them all. There is a lot a lot that we use. Um, To name a few of our favorites off the top top of our heads, Google Docs or Google Mm -hmm. Drive probably our favorite tool. We use it to plot out all of our content, Google Sheets. Great for collaboration
0: between us. Um, my my absolute favorite um at the moment is Agora Pulse. Mm-hmm. Um Agora Pulse is like your all-in-one social media management tool. It's great for like social media managers, but it's also great for people that um are a bit overwhelmed with with the social media. So it like it structures all your social inboxes into one feed. Mm-hmm. And so you'll never ever miss a comment. Um, and you can like assign that to people or just do it yourself. You can just take your time to go through it. Um, it also does the scheduling for you, it does social listening. We're like so it in love with Agora Post. <laughs> We've been using
3: it for maybe three, four months. And yeah. uh, I just cannot remember
0: a time before it. No, we did. We did. A, <laughs> if you type in um, to YouTube, Agora Post Review and then go find our video on that. It, it shows you like all the, the, yeah. the tools it has within it. ConvertKit
3: so cool. we use for email marketing. Absolutely love that. ManyChat mm-hmm. for bots. Love Absolutely that. love Rev.com for subtitles. Mm-hmm. There's so many. We could go on all day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Some really good heads up on those. Well, we're now going to enter what we lovingly refer to as the quickfire round. Play that cheesy game show music. Hey, hey. you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the three marketers podcast now on
1: your podcast player. Easy, short, sharp questions. Uh, should we get an answer from both of them?
0: Uh, yeah, an answer each would be great.
1: So here we go. First of all, a book that you recommend.
0: I would say content chemistry by Andy Crestedina. That's so good. Also the purple Cow by Seth Gordon. Love that. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. What's your top success habit, whether that be daily or weekly, definitely organization
3: yeah <laughs> and
0: almost like feeling the fear and doing it anyway is something we do quite well yeah we've been very cheeky and ballsy at times <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: who do you look up to
0: oh this is tough oh, uh God. there's some like there's some english favorites and there's also some like american favorites as well like it's quick fire, it's quick fire.
3: i also like british people yeah. mike morrison is smashing it janet murray
2: uh, <laughs> nobody okay. said that you look up to each other that's
3: no, well, no. I look, he's shorter than me, so I look down on him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, how do you define success?
0: Oh, happiness, freedom. Happiness, money, happiness, money, freedom. profit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the most important question of all, who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy?
0: Oh, Rob. Kennedy. <laughs>
1: that
0: was so easy for them.
2: That was just too easy. We should have thrown a one on the mix. Uh, okay, and finally, where can folks go to find out more about
3: you? Awesome. Well, our website is andrewandpete.com. We are Andrew and Pete on everything. We'd love you to find us on YouTube, actually. That's where that's our dominant platform. That's where yeah. we love creating content and talking to people. So you can go to andrewandpete.tv, which will take you straight to our channel, or just search Andrew and Pete on YouTube. Yeah.
0: But if you've been listening to this and you've, you've found something useful, we'd love it if you could let us know. Um, drop us a comment on our YouTube channel with uh, a monkey emoji and that'll let cool. us know that you've heard us on a podcast. <laughs> or if you tweet at us, Andrew and Pete as well, um, we'd love to hear from you and what you learned from this and if you'll be taking anything forward.
2: Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much. I- I've got loads on that. I've written so many notes. I'm kind of annoyed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you go. Thanks, gentlemen.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having us, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, everyone. Content is king, so they say, but only if you do it right. And I think there's some really great strategies there for how to take your content, make it A, interesting, B, stand out from everyone else's. And it's really interesting what they said, isn't it? They said your content doesn't have to be better than other people's. No. It can just be different. Yes. So if, you, if you're if you terrified, you think, well, I don't have anything unique or original to say. Like, all I can do is teach the stuff that I've been doing with my personality and my spin but it's not that the content might be standard, but the way it's presented, the style, the, you know, well, there's you can, only one of you, isn't there? There's only one yeah. person who can deliver it in your way. And,
2: there's and two of us. Your way doesn't, what's that? There's two of us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, I think the thing is, it's very easy to get caught up in that fact, that content yet in order to be interesting or unique, you have to be funny. That's not true. You know, in fact, we talk about this. If you, if you if you're sitting there or standing there or whatever you're doing and you're wondering, Oh, what do these two folks look like? Who is list- Who am I listening to? Who's talking in my ears? Well, you in look, you can see. Because Rob and I, every single week, sit in the studio and we talk on camera over on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked that out already... Now is a really good time to do that. If you pop over to YouTube and look for the
1: response suite, just YouTube search for response channel. suite. Eventually, yeah. you'll find the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, I think you can do that. I don't think they make it easily navigable, actually, just to navigable. find fi- ma- navigable.
2: Is navigable a word? It is, yeah. Is it not navigatable or <laughs> monetized?
1: No, it's navigable. Uh, they don't make it particularly navigable uh, because you can't just search for a channel. You have to search for the name and hope it will come up somewhere. But you will find it. So go and look for it. Just search for response Suite. You'll find some nifty little tutorial videos if you're a response user. And you'll also find our weekly, our weekly channel. Our weekly video
2: shenanigans. Great. So we'll be back next week. But if you haven't already, remember, please do leave us a review over on your favorite podcast player we'd love to read it if you've got any questions at all or things you'd like us to cover have a chat about or if there's a guest you think oh i'd really like to hear from them or indeed if you're somebody you think i've got something i could share with the community drop us an email grace's grace would love to hear from you you can email her at podcast at don't miss a thing check out the show notes
0: at blog.response
2: suite.com